Did you guys do our San Diego game last year? Joe, I can't remember where I worked last week. They're going to go for it here on fourth and one. A lot of words, a lot of words. No snap, no play. Nothing, right? Our count for them both sides. Hi there, welcome to Hard Count, the NFL podcast from Fox Sports Australia. I'm Melanie Dinyashki and I'm joined by an old face and a new face in the absence of Patrick Stack for this week. I like to think my latest moisturiser regime has me looking like a young face, but thanks for that. Um, <laughs> yes, but what we do have is a man with Stanford connections. That's right. San Francisco 49ers connections. Mm-hmm. A real mover and shaker oh, yeah. in the Fox Sports building. One, Jason Marsh, Jace, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. It's nice to bring some credibility to the show, an American voice to actually, um, you know, talk about an American sport. Welcome along, Jason. And we are here to wrap up week two of the NFL and look ahead to week three, of course. The biggest talking points. Let's kick it all off. The headlines this week. What have we got? Whoa. Yeah, no, that's got you off on a nice like tone. It. You ready like for that? It. The yeah. energy's high. I'm going to ignore your shot from before and get straight to another team making a big shot from week two, the Vikings. Aye. They blew the horn on the Packers, winning 17-14 to in Sam Bradford's first start in the purple. Mm. Huge result. Looked uh, good in purple. Looked very good in purple. Looked, looked natural. Purple. Some saying the greatest game he's ever played in mm. the NFL. That might be hyperbole, but it's a huge talking point from this week. While the Packers, on the other hand, still look like they haven't found the rhythm of a few years ago. Offense still mm. not clicking. Defense carrying it more than anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we have to ask, one, are the Vikings going to be a Cinderella story for real this year, despite the loss of Teddy Bridgewater when his knee exploded on the field. (laughs) And is the cheese off in Green Bay? Yeah, maybe. Look, you don't want to see it because Green Bay should be a better team than what they showed us against the Vikings. They've got a great quarterback. Mm -hmm. They've got very capable receivers. Mm -hmm. Eddie Lacy's all right too (laughs) as a running back. He's on my fantasy team. He's still losing weight, but he's getting there. He's built, isn't he, like a brick wall. Um, well, that brick wall's got a little padding right now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, they, they should be doing better. They're not. Perhaps the, the glow is kind of coming off a bit off the Packers. What do you think, Chase? Well, I think it's um it's kind of the same Packers team you've had for a little while now, and mm. everyone was saying they're getting pieces back, Jordy Nelson's back, and, and they should pick up where they left off, mm. and then some, and it just doesn't seem to be going that way. Whereas the Vikings, on the other hand, the hype train off-season, was yeah. talking about how that Defense is fantastic. Mike Zimmer Best getting signed league. onto a long-term contract, and um, and they lose Teddy Bridgewater, but it doesn't seem like the rails are mm. coming off. What so. I quite like to see was um, Stefan Diggs uh, with a great little celebration in the end zone to digging a hole, which I thought was quite clever of him. A guy that we spoke about on Hard Count last season, uh, who I predicted to be quite a big name in the Viking squad. Yeah, you loved him right out of training camp. I did, I did. But this year feels like this might be his year with Sam Bradford on board. Um, Last year he had four touchdowns and 720 yards. This year he's already got one touchdown and 285 yards. So he's on track to have a pretty big year um, and I really like what I see from the young fella. Yeah, what we are going to have to see is how the impact of Adrian Peterson's meniscus injury plays out. We'll touch on more of the injuries later but that's going to be a big storyline. As for the Packers, the receivers aren't open. They're well-known. They're big names. Randall Cobb seems like he's back healthy, but the receivers aren't getting open, mm. and you can't rely on two or three Hail Mary touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers. What you can rely on, the Los Angeles football fans coming out in droves and getting real wild in the Coliseum as we saw the crowd turn up in a big way, mm. uh, calling for the Seahawks' blood oh. in just an amazing showing 
uh, of you know boring defensive Scenes football. From an ancient world. Yeah, nine to three uh, for the Rams <laughs> over Seattle. Not exactly a barn burner. No. Uh, not no. a slobber knocker. I thought the actual Coliseum itself mm. was more entertaining than the game. Like when they were doing panning shots of the crowd, and it really looks. It's a really cool looking stadium. They were so. They were having fun, weren't they? It was mm. really nice Those to see. Those high tears that just keep going up. Sun drenched Los Angeles crowd. What could be better? And. You know, what you need to succeed in a city like LA, I think in some ways we talk about Sydney sport in a similar fashion in that if you're not performing well as a club in Sydney, people will find other things to do. There's so much to do. Times that by a thousand, a million Mm. in LA. So for them to get a marquee win against Seattle, huge. Mm -hmm. And what we do get now... Some pretty big questions about the Seattle offense and Rusty Russell Wilson. Oh, Rusty. He, he doesn't look himself, does he? No, he really I think doesn't. that's fair to say. He had that ankle sprain last week mm-hmm. that he sustained from uh, Dominican Sue accidentally mm. treading on it. A rough trip to Sukasa. Yeah, and mm. he said after the game, he's not going to be crying in the corner and sorrowing about a little bumped ankle, but it's very clear he is not the same Rusty Wilson. Well, he hasn't been the same Rusty Wilson for a little while because even towards the end of last season, he kind of they changed his game up completely. The running game fell apart, so they were throwing it all over the place. Yeah. I think he's probably trying to find himself a little bit this year. Do you think they, they lent on Marshawn maybe too much? Maybe. Well, they made the transition from that, but you bring up a good point that we saw some change for Russell Wilson later, and we saw the game grow in terms of his throwing capabilities. You can't expect that to keep going forward if you're going to give him a trash offensive line in front of him. <laughs> no. You can't stand there in the pocket on a bung ankle and expect to plant with any confidence mm. if the line is letting pressure through constantly and that spin move is slowed down when you're on one peg. And now everyone knows he has a bum ankle. So and guess, guess what, what they're, they're going to be doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the Cardinals must be loving this. This has been one of the hottest contested divisions in football for Very a long true. time and now suddenly they're falling apart at every, you know seattle looks a bit rubbish the rams who knows what's happening with that offense the cardinals are just going to sweep this well that's a big call but you're looking at two teams that are one on one and they couldn't have different moves mm. after week two the seahawks at best limp to a victory in week one and then fall in week two the cardinals suffer a heartbreaking loss in week one you know down to a field goal kicker you're not going to lose incredible amounts of game plan sleep over that that happens but they couldn't have made a bigger statement in week two 40 Mm. to 7 drubbing of the very sexy tampa bay buccaneers carson palmer the rainbow is back rg3's (laughs) rainbow might be down for patrick stack who's missing today but what isn't missing is uh is those beautiful uh long balls from carson palmer now another quarterback that was looking mighty fine on uh, Sunday this pre week. Pre and post game. Mm, pre and post game. Very true. <laughs> we'll get to the hat in just a moment. But Cam Newton and his two towers of domination in the wide receiving core in Carolina. They packed on the points against Jason Marsh, San Francisco 49ers. Boo. Oh. Boo. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin continuing to look like an absolute monster. Two touchdowns uh, and over 100 yards. Greg Olson, a big breakaway from... Uh, the father of the year, that burly beard looking good, rushing through the wind. Uh, Dem Funchess grabbing one too. Mm. But are we going to see this offense that piled on incredible amounts of points last season continue that this year in Carolina? That's the big question. So far, they might have an issue at running back, uh, depending on how Fozzie Whitaker shapes up as the backup for... Oh, he, uh, he looks good. He did. Well, he yeah. had 100 yeah, pace, yards. He? he had yeah. 100 yards. You know, maybe even slightly better than Jonathan Stewart this year. Who sure. knows? But it's early days. Seems to be able to do it outside the tackles it, a little better than yep, Jay Stu. Yep. yep. It is early days, of course. Stewart's expected out one to two weeks with that hamstring. So he, you'd think he'd be back. But maybe Fozzie will do enough to make a statement and say, hey, maybe I should keep this role. In which case, they'll have their throwing options firing and then they'll also have the rushing game in check what i will ask is that you know we've talked about the weapons that were on show kelvin benjamin starring yada 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 
Was that the biggest story coming out of this game, or was there something in post-game that you oh, hinted at that was, stole that the internet? Uh, I don't know whether I should. we should do this in a barbershop quartet sort of number, but... Uh, Cam Newton with a very fancy little hat on. Mm. I mean, he loves a hat. He did the he had the Pharrell hat one time. He had a cowboy hat. He had like this floppy hat thing going. Yeah. The guy's a style icon to some, probably just himself. Probably. Uh, <laughs> Although I saw Marcus Mariota rocking a nice little hat pre-game as well. So did it's, you? It's catching on. I miss that. Mobile he little, quarterback. He had a little trilby thing going. It's oh. very very stylish. Wait, fedora? That's not good. Yeah. Was it a Jason no. Mraz fedora? Mm-mm. Because yeah, that no. could get it's on pretty much right that kind of thing. That. That might put me right off Marcus Mariota. Oh, really? So, oh, you've yeah. been a staunch believer. But Poor look, hat game. <laughs> Cam Newton, when you put up the numbers he did, uh, chucking for four touchdowns and about 1,000 mm. yards. You can wear whatever he likes. You can wear whatever he likes. No, no socks, fine. Yeah, and if he wants to line up in the B-sharps, he can do that. Now, less smiles, mm. more frowns with our next quarterback news to finish off our headliners. Jimmy Garoppolo looked incredible in the first half. And fuego, some might say. Dishing dimes left, right, and center. Three touchdowns. And then it all came crashing down under the weight of one legal hit by Kiko Alonso. It looked very very much in a lot of pain on that field. was really struggling. Um, they think he might miss anywhere between a week to six weeks. It's anyone's guess at this point. The big question, of course, now is the third string, Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett comes in uh, out of North third Carolina round. State. Yeah, third from the third round. round. A guy that can move around uh, a wee bit, has a really strong arm. Mm. But uh, the MO coming out from college comes to Jacoby. It wasn't too aggressive pushing the ball downfield, mm. and he really needed to see someone wide open, surrounded by uh, nothing but green grass and wild horses to be actually fire downfield. Mm. That may suit in a Patriots offense. That mm. doesn't mind a little short pass, especially working with some of those third down Slot weapons. receivers. Yes, yep. that we've covered before. And if Martellus Bennett is going to run wild like he did, <laughs> everything is here for Brissett to be able to drive the bus for two weeks because that is all we have to wait until touchdown Tommy is back mm-hmm. and the Patriots resume their role to 12-plus wins and uh, right. a deep and, AFC and playoff run. They're already they're 2-0. and um, they're sitting pretty. People were already looking at these first four weeks going, if they can go 2-2, two, 3-1, two, they're going to be very happy. Well, Mel won't be happy with anything less than three weeks. Exactly. He stated yeah, that. Te- Texans, fair. okay, could go either way. Mm. After that, outfit. they've got the Bills week four, who are terrible. Organization in flux. So so <laughs> you've got to see them winning that with Garoppolo back or with anyone, Edelman, playing at quarterback. You mentioned Edelman potentially at mm. quarterback. Uh, of course, the Kent love State it. hero <laughs> um, was a quarterback in college, became a wide receiver in the NFL. Um, little guy, but can throw. We saw him do it in the playoffs. Yeah, retains last, the emergency duties. It, you, know, you never know. Mm-hmm. If he come, becomes a backup, I mean, part of me kind of wants to see it. I know oh, it would be I a really bit... I want to see it. Wouldn't that be kind be of amazing weird and that. a great little experiment? Mm. Oh, it'd be Fun, be fun. But what I found quite funny is um, I saw uh, tweeted out by Mark Daniels, beat writer from New England, uh, said he saw Julian Edelman in Brady's locker. Now we know these two get along famously, mm. but mm. when is being a mate? When do you get too close? Because uh, Mark Daniels tweeted that he saw Edelman in Brady's locker using his hair product and comb, and said something about trying to quote get his mojo. Yeah, it's a little creepy. It's a bit weird, isn't it's it? It's a bit weird. Romances it's a bit can weird. go too far. Um, <laughs> and that's you know, the line. We've seen it that's happen to friends before, and it's, it can be a tough, you know, sometimes interventions are needed, and maybe that's maybe Giselle is waiting mm. at home with a banner uh, to deal with this would, with Tom. Would you let anyone in your locker? Uh, in my locker? 
Um, I think uh, the last time uh, we were sharing lockers was year nine when the Lynx was Lynx Africa was getting passed around to every which oh, one. Oh God, those are oh that's mm. ba- and can I say no girl liked them. <laughs> no, no girl no. appreciated that Lynx. Although very quick clone. aside, we did we did the office test recently where we asked most of the women <laughs> in the office what did boys smell like. In year yeah, nine, did they nine. say Lynx? And they said Lynx Africa. They even yeah. knew the the brand. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. the chocolate one. No. It wasn't Sapphire or Phoenix. Yeah, and Africa. I, mm. I went to a sports high school, so there was a lot of sweating males. There was a lot of Lynx Africa. Anyway, from males sweating males <laughs> to the new kids on the block, and let's touch on. It's not a segue. <laughs> that is not a segue. I'm sticking it with it. It is now. <laughs> let's get hit to some of the rookies that were standing tall. I'm going to take a run at the lead one here, Dak Prescott. First win for the Cowboys on the season. His first win in the regular season in his NFL career. Composed, relatively safe, protected the ball. As he and fellow rookie Ezekiel Elliott find a little more cohesion behind Mm -hmm. that offensive line and especially featuring Des Bryant a little more. Enough to get the job done against a Washington Redskins team that has Mm. several holes. And something that was interesting, someone who wasn't so happy after this rookie's performance was Josh Norman. Heavily paid Washington cornerback. Yeah, I know. Mm. In the... (laughs) locker room post-game was furious, Jason Musk, furious mm. that he was uh, issued Pitter. a drug test right after the loss. Yeah. Or his, his response to this was, you know, what's 24 hours going to do? Mm. Uh, why, why bother me now after we've just suffered a pretty heartbreaking loss with the late Alfred Morris touchdown doing the business? You know, a former Washington man sticking yeah. it to Washington in it's Washington. It's never happened to him before as well. It's never happened. What do you think about this? Should the NFL be a little more tactful in when they go random drug testing? Does 24 hours matter? Uh, 24 is... Hours definitely matters. You don't know what's out there on the market. We're not experts in these kind of things, but 24 hours definitely matters. There are things that you can get through your system um, if you think a drug test is coming. And being tactful, that's kind of the point, right? <laughs> you're supposed to catch people off guard, and, and that's just the way it is. I so think, you're saying I think grow part, up. part of his issue is part of his issue is that he had a bit of stage fright, is what I've heard, and that he just, you know, after the game, he was a bit dehydrated, and he just couldn't, couldn't. Yeah. Wow, for a man that loves out. performing under pressure, you're saying that in that moment, the bright lights were too big for Josh Norman. What yeah. are you talking about now? Couldn't he provide couldn't, a sample. He couldn't pee. <laughs> oh, okay, right. And, and so he was frustrated. I and knew he, there and was some other meaning here, but I couldn't quite he, get he, where Mel doesn't, doesn't do innuendo. Yeah. <laughs> Mel doesn't do innuendo. It wasn't that innuendo. Um, <laughs> That's what I was thinking. And so he, uh, and so he wanted to go home and commiserate uh, an annoying and tough loss mm. and... And he's having to there, and they're not letting him leave because they were waiting for the sample. Um, yeah, moving on though, Corey Coleman. Let's give a little shout out to uh, superstar the to Browntown. Mm. <laughs> Cleveland Browns need a little love. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, well, look, Cleveland's got to go right. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. What a city, home of the Corey Sports Coleman. Hall yeah, of Fame. he is. He is their good news story, right? Um, but yeah, he's fantastic, isn't he? He's big, strong, he's fast, um, mm. he uncoverable at times. So uh, expensive. absolutely, you know, he doesn't need to have a fantastic quarterback throwing to him. And Clearly, here's the question though: If uh, QB Josh McCown can stay healthy, is there hope for the Cleveland Browns? And of course, McCown uh, suffered a serious shoulder injury in the first quarter, but man, he is tough. He played through it. And he actually explained why he um, went ahead and played through that. I got a dad and older brother who I know get up and go to work, and sometimes they don't feel great, and they go and they they go and they grind, you know. And I got two little boys that they're playing football now, you know, and they get hit and they get banged up, and trying to teach them what toughness means. Wow, what a guy! That is a guy that you want on your team, right? Yeah, it's hard to see Josh McCown go down under another injury when the when the Browns were moving the ball well. You know, they were up twenty to two at one point mm. and had a real shout at, at upsetting the, the 
division rival and, and a historic rival in the Baltimore mm. Ravens who, who stole the Browns franchise, of course, back in the day. We're going to have to see if Corey Coleman can do this Corey, with yes, clipboard Jesus Charlie Whitehurst, who's just been added mm. uh, to help fill that quarterback room now. So we will yeah. see the long-haired guitar-playing antics of Charlie Whitehurst back uh, throwing the ball. So we'll see if he can feed the beast, the burgeoning beast that is Corey Coleman. Mm. Got two, two very quick points here. One, I'm going to do my first hot take on my debut episode. Wow. Hashtag hot takes. Is that a uh, hashtag hot takes. Cleveland will have more starting quarterbacks this year than they will wins. <laughs> That's <laughs> a long starting quarterbacks list Because they're already going to be at three. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're going to go four. Before we get past New Kids on the Block, we will touch on Sterling Shepard mm. in what was supposed to be a point showdown York, against York. New Orleans. Uh, New York managing to get the win to move to 2-0 and and take the top spot for now in the NFC East. Uh yeah, Sterling Shepard outperforming Odell Beckham, proving that his yep. week one touchdown was just the tip of the iceberg. And look, he's an exciting, crisp route runner, uh, fantastic hands. There's not, uh, there's not a play in the book that's beyond him at such a young age. So plenty to look forward there. Now, from guys that have got us excited to a different tone as we head to... I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Uh, you really feel it when Zac Efron says it, don't you? Nothing hits the heart. <laughs> quite like Zach Efron being disappointed at you. Now we've touched on some injuries, and that's going to be a big theme this week. Mm. Melanie, you're not mad, but the busy doctors, they mm. have you disappointed. The hurt locker, some might say. <laughs> um, that's good. It's, uh, yeah, it's, look, you know that they're people, and it matters. They're, they're not, you know, they're human. They can break, um, and it's easy to... You know, not be able to look past how it affects your fantasy team, but Absolutely. sometimes we need to, and uh, that's why we're not angry at them because obviously it's not their fault. But we are disappointed. There's a major injury list developing. RBs, of course, were hardest hit. You have AP, as you mentioned, um, with the torn meniscus. No timetable in his return. No one really knows when he'll be back. Amongst the freak athletes that litter the NFL, mm. he is at the top. But is he getting on? Is he past it? it? Maybe is this you know a sign that he might need to hang up the boots pretty damn soon? Uh, I don't think you can judge this I quickly don't think so. because that Vikings O line has a lot of work to do in terms of run mm. blocking. They're giving him like you know six inches before contact, which mm. is just ridiculous. Uh, I, I would like to see him uh, given some decent shots at runs before we decide whether it's time to hang up the boots. But this doesn't help when you're 31 years old and dealing with yeah. a meniscus injury. And that injury list continues, of course. Danny Woodhead of the Chargers. Love this guy. Love a little underdog. And he's the Rudy of this league, isn't he? He is. Um, mm. He's out for a season. Torn ACL. Yeah. Really mm. sad to see. You know he works hard for every single yard he gets. Um, and normally quite a workhorse for them. And that, that offense is absolutely firing right now. Yeah, Philip Rivers are doing an amazing job despite the fact that I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. May as well be the Chargers <laughs> yes. locker room at this point with Keenan Allen out last week. But, but the they, last few seasons, really. They continue to roll. They've been cursed for seasons and now, but mm. Rivers continues to roll. Another undersized running back that suffered a really tough injury is Amir Abdullah. We're waiting to see how bad that sprained foot is, but any time you take a visit to Dr. James Andrews, good things are not on the horizon. He's a post-hype breakout, yeah. second-year sleeper candidate, yep. uh, and he you know, had looked relatively explosive and, and very handy in the passing game as well, so that's a tough one. Mm. Dougie Fresh, Doug Martin. Dougie Fresh. Hamstrung. <laughs> So, if Chris Sims is out there on your wave wire, jump on him. Yep. Charles Sims? Oh, Chris Sims. <laughs> Chris Sims will be on your wave wire. Yeah, he'll, he'll be available. He's but owned in 1% of leagues. <laughs> yeah, uh, that <laughs> NFC South only dynasty league really needs to get up to time. Uh, no, uh, Charles Sims out there for those who you who need running back help. Because yeah. uh, mm. Doug Martin missing for that Buccaneers offense is a big worry after they really struggled against the Arizona Cardinals. 
And then we get to Arian Foster, predictable, right? Mm-hmm. Groin injury, yeah. I hear. Yeah, behind that, we get Jay Ajayi looking terrible. So Miami looking like a pretty early shot at a dumpster fire. Despite the mm-hmm. fact they made it a little interesting late, that running game is going backwards in a hurry. Yep. And they might have to rely on a very raw rookie, Kenyon Drake, out of Alabama to contribute early. And Thomas Rawls. Thomas Rawls. little leg contusion. Another fancy word for bruise, really. But uh, we'll keep an eye on him and how he goes. The Seattle running game, not great anyway right now. Um, but, of course, it was Josh McCown, as we mentioned, Jonathan Stewart, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jay Cutler was the new one who limped off injured in the in the last game of the week. Yes, the um, Eagles got a win there. Be interesting to watch that one. And uh, that pretty much wraps up what I'm not mad, not angry just disappointed. Yeah, it sounded a little too much like an injury list there. So before we get past the segment, what are you mad? I am mad. About? Well, no, I'm not mad. You're just because <laughs> I'm not mad. No, I'm disappointed. Stick to the segment, Laurie. You're I'm not, not disappointed. Be, yeah. I'm just mad. <laughs> Bills organization, Ugh. really? Yeah. The Buffalo Bills fans are some of the best in the league. Generally, oh my regarded, god, they're crazy. They're generally regarded they're crazy. as some of the best in the league. We know some of the heartbreak they've had in the past. Four mm. straight Super Bowls, no Super Bowl rings. They deserve better than this. If you don't know what I'm talking about. Offensive coordinator Greg Roman, mm-hmm. a former 49ers yep. man, unceremoniously fired, not by Rex Ryan. No. I wonder why. Yeah. Fired <laughs> by the owners after owners conducted meetings with players. This screams of organizational dysfunctionality, uh, more frustration for a poor fan base that deserves better. There's talent on this roster. I know mm. some of it's suspended and injured mm. uh, with guys like Marcel Darius and Shaq Lawson on the pine right now. But there's talent going to waste here, mm. and this could be a very, very short stint uh, in terms of the 2016 campaign for Rex Ryan yeah. and Rob Ryan and whichever other Ryan they're bringing into that building. Well, here's my oh. question. Would you, would you fire the defensive coordinator? Fewer Rex. Would I fire my twin brother? My twin mm. brother, exactly. It's just no, so much I, nepotism that's, going But that's on what here. I want to ask. I mean, not everybody would do it. He's obviously not done it, but mm. would you? Well, Game's lost 37-31. to 31. Now, the Bills' offense didn't look great, and there were some big chunk plays there, but 37-31, to 31, you don't think the first person going mm-hmm. is the offensive coordinator, do you? Yep. That defense is just shocking. Rob, uh. Rob's got to go. But I reckon Rex is in there at the boardroom saying, if he goes, I go. And so they went with the easy choice, and they took the scapegoat. Yeah, that leverage is going to be lost more and more why each did, week. Why and fire that's just anyone at all, then? You know what I mean? Wouldn't it just put you two steps back? Not yeah. taking any steps forward. Yeah, Anytime absolutely. you're making heavy personnel decisions, you know, seven days into <laughs> yeah. the NFL season, yeah. it Problems. doesn't show that there's a good yeah. chain of command there. Get this, though. Rex Ryan, it's the first time in his career that he's 0-2, which is just crazy. How is that possible? Considering the headlines that man's garnered. <laughs> With that, we move on to, uh, I guess, an old segment, but also a new segment in that the segment formerly known as Green, Green and Gold, gold zone. zone. Green and Gold Didn't Zone. Didn't even know the own, my own segment. Uh, now it's been wonderfully renamed as First Down Under. Isn't that clever? We have to thank at J underscore Aaron Aloysius for this. Uh, obviously showing, you, thanks, Jay. showing more creativity than we could with this particular segment. <laughs> However, name. a little bit of a hat tip to mm. uh, um, actually, that's what the hard count was originally. Yeah, we're going to peel back the curtain. As, uh, yeah, give you some behind the scenes info here. It was initially pitched as a show called Not Hard Count. What was it? Touchdown Under. Yeah, Touchdown can't work under. out why that yeah. didn't go through. First Down Under, definitely better. Yeah, questions <laughs> about SEO uh, optimization for the searching there may have got into, it been a hit. into the fold there. So, yeah, First Down Under, Reborn, much prefer this. Clean, crisp. Yeah. So, thank you, Jay Aaron, so far Hard Count's number one fan. <laughs> we will be sending something, probably a tweet, but maybe something more to you at some stage during the chuck, season. Chuck him a fave. So, Mel, yeah. our Aussies. Four of them all mm. got W's. 
All W's. Is that right? But why are you questioning my facts No, not there? at all. I'm just really excited. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Jordan Berry, he was uh, doing well in the AFC North Slugfest. He helped the Steelers play field position game in that win over Cincy. Um, eight punts. That's, that's a lot of that's punts. That's a hard day at the office. That if tells you're a punter. it's a wet and wild one in Pittsburgh. <laughs> yes. um, but he but he did well. Five of those inside the twenty. Like that's a that's a good day out. And he and he had a funny tweet afterwards, didn't he? He put out there, uh, the fire alarm is going off in my apartment block. People were telling me I was on fire today, but I didn't think they meant it literally. A little bit of humour from the Aussie. Yeah, huh? look, the Aussie punt is generally regarded as a humble, you know, knockabout sense. So <laughs> it's good to see Jordan Berry with A-plus social media game. we got Brad Wing, two punts for the Giants as they sneak away with a win. Of course, on the hold uh, for the game-winning field goal, probably his highlight of the day. <laughs> and Adam Gotsis, uh, not too busy in afternoon. A few snaps in there as he continues to work his way into the rotation. Mm. And then there was another Aussie contributing. Perhaps not a huge day for Lachlan Edwards. Two punts on the day in his first career win in the NFL in Jets colours, getting it done for Gang Green. And Lachlan joins us on the line now. Lachlan, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? It's been an interesting journey for yourself, getting picked up 235th overall in the draft in the seventh round by the Jets. And it all started with a competition right off the bat against fellow Aussie Tom Hackett in training camp. Tom spoke to us earlier and he mentioned that you guys got on great despite the competition. I mean, yeah, you know... Like every uh, you know, every guy's in a competition there, but you know you're gonna you're gonna beat yourself up if you if you take it the wrong way, and and uh, you know you got to focus your energy on going out and doing your best every day rather than you know making enemies and stuff. And we got on really well, you know. We had <coughs> we had common interests back home, and um, you know we all, we all we knew what we were talking about, what each other was talking about, and we had. You know, a lot of things to talk about from Australia and then college over here and and our, uh, you know, opinions of, you know, how things are, um, are different in America and Australia. So, you know, we got on really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was never really a uh, bad day between us. Oh, that's always nice to see two Aussies getting along in the same locker room, even if it didn't really have the desired result for Tom. Great news for you, however. Right. Um, with you guys both... Uh, having an Aussie rules background. Did you ever get the Sharon out and have a kick? No, see like uh, <laughs> I had a um I had a Sharon back in Texas. Um I think it would have been counterproductive, you know, to bring the, the bigger ball out and start kicking it around. So we, we uh before practice we'd kick the foot, uh, the American footy to each other. Right. Um just to just to warm up but we no we never bought the Sharon out. And you mentioned back in Texas you're coming from Huntsville where Sam Houston State University is to a space like New York and New Jersey, the hub of the east coast of America, how has that transition gone since the move? So it's actually been quite easy. Um, we're in New Jersey, uh, in Florham Park, which is about thirty minutes away from the city. So it's it's actually um, kind of countryside around here. There's, there's a lot of farms and uh, and a lot of trees around. Thankfully, so um, I'm actually not in the middle of the city, um, which is good. I can, I, you know, it's close enough where I can go there for a day trip and have a look around, but I can get out of it um, just as easy. So um, mm. it's actually been a pretty easy transition. The New York Jets, of course, are a really big team in that east side of America, um, known to have quite a few celebrity fans as well. I noticed Ray Romano stopped by training camp. Uh, did you have any interaction with any of those celebrities that, that were stopping by? Yeah, you know, I, I, I said hi to every one of them I could. Um, yeah. you got to focus on your, your, your game at the same time and it's, it's, it's hard not to get starstruck but um, 
you know, it's kind of funny that these celebrities are coming to watch you, mm. and, you know, I'm just, I'm a nobody, you know, so, you know, it's kind of funny. Well, you've done pretty well so far. How would you rate your performance through the first two weeks? Uh, so the first, you know, the first um, first game, uh, September 11 against uh, Cincinnati, you know, that was uh, that was an experience, how the intensity went up compared to pre-season. Um, you know, it was, you know, twice as loud. It was, uh, everyone was going a million miles an hour so it was um, it was good to get out there and have a good game you know I um, I was pretty happy with my performance um, the, the first week uh, and this week against the Bills you know uh, I didn't quite hit him as well as I'd like to um, I only had two punts and they were both in the second half so um, you're not really in a rhythm when you're uh, you know you don't punt for a couple hours and then you just hit two hit, hit a couple at half time and then hit one punt at the start of the second half and one at the very end to, to ice the game so you know that's part of punting so that's obviously something to learn from and um you know change around how i sort of stay warm on the sideline but uh you know overall i've been pretty happy with it the first two weeks um you know hopefully i can keep it going you mentioned you know it hasn't been a huge workload in your outing so far but the jets are one and one what's the mentality been like in the locker room obviously the offseason the franchise quarterback ryan fitzpatrick comes back into the fold relatively late and yet this is a team that has expectations of making a run at the AFC playoffs. Yeah, so, um, you know, the team's had history with Ryan, uh, you know, with our last year, so it was good to get him back. Um, you know, the, the team seems to click pretty well. Um, when I walked in the doors, you know, it, it was already, it seemed to be a pretty um, well, you know, tight-knit group. Um, and, of course, you know, we've added a couple players, but, you know, we seem to be getting along well in the... In the in the locker room, everyone's good mates, and you know we've got high expectations because you know if you don't, um, you know you don't really have a place in the NFL. So everyone's trying to win. Um, we think we've got the guys to do it. Now we're just going to go out and, uh, and and prove it. We have seen some NFL locker rooms get quite rowdy before a game. I think that's the standard in college football as well. Um, what's it like in the Jets locker room, and who do you sort of find yourself spending the most time with, player-wise? So myself, um, us and the specialists, you know, uh, we are uh, we're never really in the locker room as you know, and we never come out the tunnel together. So you'll see um, the specialists out on the field already warming up while they uh, the rest of the team run through the you know the, the steam and the the flames and the cheerleaders and stuff. So do you wish you, you know could? we're never hyped up about that. Yeah, we, we've we've got to. I just try and stay calm and you know just <laughs> relaxed about the game because you know I don't need to be too wound up. Um, so, yeah, I just sort of hang out with the specialists on game day, especially because, um, you know, we've always got to be around each other, whether it's a, a field goal attempt or a punt. So we're all in the same area. Um, when the defense on the field, we'll, we'll sit down and, and, you know, get off our legs. So when the offense on the field, you know, we're getting snaps and getting holds and, and getting ready to get out on the field. So, yeah. so um, yeah, we'll hang around with each other then. But, um, yeah, other than that, we don't really see... Uh, any of the hype that goes on in the, in the locker room. What is, uh, what's your pre-game soundtrack? You rocking some Drake, some Future? How, how does a punter prepare? Or is it maybe more chill stuff, the Kenny G stuff? Or just straight ACDC. Yeah. Oh, yeah, represent Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've just recently got a new phone, so I've got a pretty limited, uh, pretty limited music you selection. You've got the pre-loaded so, U2 uh, going. I've, oh, no, definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> um, I've, I've got the typical Drake and stuff, but, you know, I've got some... Um, I've got even Game of Thrones uh, soundtrack on there, so I've got some <laughs> very dramatic. Stuff. Yeah, so uh, I don't really listen to it, you know, within 
two hours of the of the game. So I listen to it on the bus, and then when I walk out in the field, uh, once the game plan sort of come around, you know, I'm just I'm just talking, having having a laugh with the the other guys in the locker room before we go out. That's a nice dramatic way to build up your focus before you get into your rhythm before the game. In terms of your mindset, when you cast your mind to the schedule, are there any matchups that you're particularly looking forward to? I noticed that the Pittsburgh Steelers and Jordan Berry come across uh, the New York Jets schedule in Week Five. Keen for a matchup with a fellow Aussie there? Yeah, so no, that'll be good. Um, just uh, to see another Australian out here. So um, I've already played against Brad uh, this year. So that'll be good to, to play against Jordy. Um, but we, uh, I'm just trying to take it each week. You know, I can't look too far ahead in the schedule. But um, you know, this week in Kansas City, I've uh, never been to. Never been to Kansas City, so hey, that'll be fun. Get some um, barbecue in you. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you have your own goals and things that you want to work towards, but what would you classify as a successful season with the Jets? I just want to really want to help the team win. So whether that's, you know, I'm not really worried about my average as long as, uh, you know, we're winning. So, And, of course, that I keep my job. Um, <laughs> so, you know, whether I'm out there, you know, with short punt situations all the time, you know, I'm not worried about that. You know, I would like to finish in the, the top half uh, of the league in, in net average. Um, that is a goal of mine. But uh, other than that, you know, it's just having a good week each week. There's been plenty of commentary around your prodigious leg, and so we're sure that that's going to carry you to a, a very successful rookie season. Uh, before we do let you go, you mentioned that you're settled into the quieter side of New Jersey life. Is there anything that uh, New York and New Jersey has offered up, perhaps a hot spot, a little food spot, maybe a, a local little bar that you found that has provided you a little sanctuary in this uh, new chapter of your life? Yeah, so I actually, um, I live in an apartment complex right in the middle of Morristown, which is above um, about four four bars and uh, a lot of nice. different, you know, places to eat and the, the movie theater is just around the corner. So um, once I'm, I'm back from the facility, you know, I don't even need to drive anywhere. I can just <laughs> walk to, you know, I can walk to have a couple beers. I can walk to, to go watch a movie. Um, I'm in a really good spot here. The food actually is fantastic. Uh, the, com- the Committed Pig is, has been my favourite so far. The what? Is, it's called The Committed Pig. The it's, Committed um, Pig. They do great burgers and stuff. Yeah, great so um, that's just downstairs. That sounds like my kind of place, Bullock. <laughs> it sounds like you're in a very good spot, and we're sure that's going to lead to very good results in this 2016 season for yourself. Thank you so much for joining us on the show, and best of luck this week and for the rest of the season. No worries, guys. I appreciate it. One thing we should have asked Lachlan, you know, we touched on locker rooms, was Eric Decker's wife got a little happy on Snapchat after, story, right. after number 87 grabbed yet another touchdown as his hot streak continues. Uh, she was very excited, very proud of all his accomplishments, not just on the field, but apparently off. If you need to know more, uh, Google is your friend. <laughs> but from that, we will go to what oh, we are going to gosh. see in the next seven days, our week three headlines, Mel. You're the veteran of the show. Oh, gosh. We'll spare the, the is new that, man is that on debut for a for second. Is that me saying that you're an old face? Uh, yes, so Mel. <laughs> uh, yes, I've got um, a, a fresh, extra, extra, read all about it. This is going to happen, okay? Washington v. New York Giants. Mm-hmm. You've got Josh Norman, the cornerback for Washington, mm. taking on his old foe, Odell Beckham Jr. Never heard of him. Last time they <laughs> met, Fireworks. Fights, fisticuffs, pushing, shoving, suspensions. It was... Uh, and it all went off on social media afterward uh, as well. Yeah, so kept much. Kept going for years. So much talk and it was So much great. to look forward to. It was great. And I think we're going to see, 100% we're going to see a bit more feistiness from the two at that game. I think OBJ definitely wins that. 
It's got to. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, the way that Washington are going lately, geez. You smelling Josh Norman toast on the horizon? I am. Headline: Jason Marsh, Week Three. What's oh, happening? I've got a got a couple, but I reckon uh, I reckon I'm going to go out there with the one. The one headline is uh, 49ers shutting out the Seahawks. Oh, I know, I know, my Niners man. But I think that offense is looking good, and the defense is is their prime Isn't joy. Nice yes, yeah. and the Seahawks just—they're just stuttering. I think that'll continue. And the 49ers get their second shutout of it's, it's the season. It's um, nice, isn't it, to see the 49ers have an offense all of a sudden? Yeah, it's bizarre. Who would have so thought great. Chip Kelly could have orchestrated I that? I will know. say, as far as that defense goes, talking matchups in that game, mm. the book and defensive ends the 49ers have put together for their 3-4 scheme. Yep. I'm talking about DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead. Armstead. Yeah, Armstead's They're a, a load, boy. and there's I don't think mm-hmm. there's an offensive lineman uh, under the Seattle roster that can deal with that. My headline for the week? What you got? What have I got? What have I got? Uh, my Super Bowl pick, Arizona, returned to form last week yeah. in offense in an offensive flurry. Yeah, up against the Buffalo Bills, ripe for the taking. <laughs> Arizona put seventy points 70. on hapless Buffalo Bills. Wow, leading to the first, I believe, twin game day firing as both Ryan's ascent packing oh, wow. from Buffalo. John Bon Jovi takes over as defensive coordinator slash head coach. Mm, you get some long odds on that. <laughs> <laughs> and he is uh, quite the gambler, so I'm sure he'll take that up. Mm-hmm. We have wrapped up week two. We're looking forward to week three as much as you are. Before we go, though, how about you tell the great people at home or at the gym or in the car, wherever you listen to this podcast, how do they get in touch with us? How do they get involved in the conversation, so to speak? What you need to do is go to at HardCountFox on Twitter. Mm. If you're looking for Melanie Danyashki, that is at Melanie Danyashki on Twitter. It's me. If you're looking for Jason Marsh on Twitter, rarely seen, hardly spoken, but when he does, he drops bombs. It is <laughs> at Jason R. Marsh. Of course, the missing man today, Pat Stack. You can get him at Patrick Stack Fox. Myself, mm-hmm. at Laurie Horesh Fox. We will be pumping this thing out there and more NFL chatter throughout the week. But until then... Berman. Yeah. Boomin, keep the ears close to the dial at foxsports.com.au for all your NFL content, Mm. and we will see you next time.